I'd like to welcome my listeners to the Truth Sayer Report, hosted by Jeffrey Hawkins. The global mission of the podcast, the Truth Sayer Report, is to explore and examine historical events and how they shape current events and, most importantly, our lives. The Truth Sayer Report, Episode 11. The Day the Music Died. The Birth of Rap. The U.S. music history is rich and flavorful with many diverse genres. America is the birth home of the following musical styles. Folk, country, bluegrass, ragtime, blues, jazz, rock and roll, rhythm and blues, soul, funk, all originating from their mother, gospel. All these forms of music told great stories of life, love, loss, and dance. Again, they all focused on superb lyrics, melodies, and musicianship. The singers and the musicians worked tirelessly in their crafts to put forth their best efforts and talents in order to produce beautiful and exquisite music. Gospel music is recognized as the foundation which led to the creation for the various forms of music we enjoy and appreciate today. They were clearly forms of music brought to America from its European roots, but none possessed the same ferocity to capture and influence the birth of America's numerous genres. Its foundation of traditional African drums and singing styles infused with Christian-based beliefs and faith formulated the music scales. Slavery forced music to become a refuge from its abuse, horrors, and suffering. Again, the African drum beats helped to set the musical timing which produced the singing styles, a.k.a. Negro spiritual. The first popular form of music to sweep America was ragtime in the 1920s with Scott Joplin as their signature performer. His biggest song was The Entertainer, which ultimately was used as the lead song in the hit movie The Sting, starring Paul Newman and Robert Redford, which was nominated for Academy Award. Next, jazz and blues became popular in the 1930s and 40s. Of course, the blues offered a new music featuring the guitar as the lead instrument accompanied with a gospel melody. Mamie Smith, Mamie Smith established herself as the queen of the genre, along with Mae Riney and pioneer John Lee Hooker. Guitarist Robert Johnson and later B.B. King and Muddy Waters would become the architects of this music feeling. Jazz entrepreneurs such as Louis Armstrong, Miles Davis, Theodis Monk, John Coltrane would deliver the new form of infused melodies and horns along with the bass. Duke Ellington and Count Basie introduced the big band sound of jazz with their orchestras. The 1950s ushered in the combination of zondras, particularly blues, gospel, and boogie-woogie, to create a new sound called rock and roll. Its pioneers, Ray Charles, Chuck Berry, Little Richard, James Brown, their music would take the country by storm. They all became crossover stars with their manicured dress, hairstyles, but most importantly, their electrifying stage performances. Soon, major recording companies were determined to duplicate the sound and look by producing white musical artists. It culminated in the creation of Elvis Presley. He later was known as the King. When the 1960s arrived, so did the British invasion. The Beatles and pop, the Rolling Stones and rock, and Led Zeppelin and heavy metal all paid homage to the above-mentioned pioneers of American black music as the driving force of the music evolution and love. Uniquely, 
The British invaders tell stories of their influencements, such as the Isley Brothers in London telling the Beatles to come to America so their sound would be heard worldwide. Famously, they covered the Isley Brothers' first hit, Twist and Shout. The Rolling Stones took their name from an old blues song with the message, From Mississippi to Chicago. Finally, Led Zeppelin's sound was taken directly from Muddy Waters and he ultimately sued them and won millions of dollars as well as worldwide recognition for his music. Moreover, their guitarist Jimmy Page, recognized as one of the all-time greats of rock music, stated his style was developed through the riffs from the great blues guitarist Robert Johnson. Interestingly, Mr. Johnson supposedly sold his soul to the devil in order to become the greatest musician and guitarist of his time. Next, the Motown sound with architect and music mogul Barry Gordy would create magic and produce a music brand, which is still considered the greatest in popular folklore. All their acts were known for their great voices, harmonies, dress, precision dance moves, style, grace, but most importantly, their lyrical content. With timeless artists such as Martha and the Vandals, the Supremes, the Four Tops, the Temptations, etc., the standard was set for musical excellence. To this day, the Motown sound created melodies and songs that every generation sings along and is the measure of musical artistry. The decade of the 1970s brings in even more flavorful sounds, R&B, soul, funk, and disco. Early on, protest songs concerning poverty, police brutality, and the Vietnam War by Marvin Gaye would be chart toppers. In 1971, the theme from the movie Shaft wins an Academy Award and Oscar as Song of the Year. Isaac Hayes created an infused mixture of R&B soul and a new form called funk in a combination performed by an orchestra. It simply was a masterpiece. Later, other artists like Curtis Mayfield and Stevie Wonder would produce their own masterpieces and be compared to Picasso, Rembrandt, Mozart, etc. Later, powerhouse soul groups, Sly and the Family Stone, the Ohio Players, Earth, Wind and & Fire, and the Commodores would be the purveyors of the above-mentioned musical styles. The mid-70s offered another new category which featured a more up-tempo beat designed for happy dance music. The music, was, the music was called disco, and it helped define the dance club scene. Disco was the music genre to also develop a fashion marketplace, which included the combination of hairstyles, clothes, shoes, and was the driving force for the designer jeans craze, a.k.a. Jordash, Calvin Klein, Gloria Vanderbilt. The most influential artists were Gloria Gaynor, Donna Summer, the queen of disco, but the signature disco group, hailed from Australia, the Bee Gees. They were influenced and inspired by American R&B artists such as Otis Redding, Stevie Wonder, and patterned their love ballads based on the soulful melodies of the stylistics. They were the undisputed champions of disco and produced the greatest disco album in history, Saturday Night Fever. The music changed forever in August of 1979 with its never heard vocal pattern called rap. The group was the Sugar Hill Gang, the song was Rapper's Delight. The poetry, the music flow, 
the beat rhythm, and the overdubs of the song's hooks became intoxicating and addictive. The trailblazers such as Curtis Blow, Fab Five Freddy, Grandmaster Flash, and the Furious Five became legends and kept rap on the correct path. Within 10 years, rap music had created its own kingdom. Just as disco merged music, Madison Avenue, and Hollywood to create a movement that became a sales monster, rap did the same, but on steroids. A new culture was developed and called hip-hop, and it took the nation like a cold in October, and I don't mean to be facetious. Initially, there was resistance to this new music and culture, but eventually, the nation was won over. The early years of rap were fun, interesting, colorful, and clearly the new champion of the dance club market. Unfortunately, toward the late 1980s, Dr. Frankenstein's monster read his ugly side and released the Kraken. Two forms of rap music would take center stage known as battle and gangster. They would devour the genre. First, battle rap, which is defined as a masters of ceremony, a MC, and a disc jockey, a DJ, engage in a verbal rhythmic contest to determine whose lyrics and beats would reign supreme. What started out as fun and an enjoyable test of talents and styles soon turned into jealousy, envy, and hard feelings, particularly when one was seen as the loser. The songs and the rap which spoke about life led art to imitating life with lascivious and profane language and ultimately violence. The music began to speak horribly about women and denigrated their personhood. Terms such as bitch, hoe, trick permeated the genre. It glorified criminal activity, pimping, murdering, drug dealing, etc. However, its catchy rhymes continued to generate more listeners. In 1987, Tipper Gore, the wife of Tennessee Senator Al Gore, began a campaign to have record companies issue warning labels concerning profane language, sexual content, and violence. Her purpose was to provide information to parents so they could make informed decisions about the music their children were listening to. However, another stronger and more vocal opposer would emerge against both battle and gangster rap, and her name was Cynthia Dolores Tucker, a tough Philadelphia city councilwoman who marched with Dr. King. She pulled no punches in going after the rap community, focusing on publicly exposing record labels who sponsored the production and distribution of the music. She put forth a national campaign to boycott the industry. The rap community was united in opposition to her message and participated in brutal public attacks. The artist Tupac Shakur produced a song named That's Why They Call Them Bitches. She became the most hated woman in the rap world. During her protest, a new group would rise, N.W.A., Niggas With An Attitude. Their message spawned tales of their tough world of Compton, California. However, their ultimate message was about police brutality and they created an anthem with the song F the Police. Again, with the emergence of the superstar status of Tupac Shakur and Biggie Smalls along with N.W.A., Mrs. Tucker's campaign was overwhelmed by the acceptance of younger black generations' love for the music and the hip-hop culture. In the mid-1990s, both Tupac Shakur and Biggie Smalls would become victims of unsolved murders. Unfortunately, it is a trend which continues to this day. Rap and hip-hop culture does have positive accomplishments, namely in the continuing the gift of art, music, and culture produced and inspired by black Americans. As, as mentioned earlier, black Americans are responsible for the most areas of American music. 
Our country's music has been a gift and again, the influence of music around the world. Rap has created avenues for tens of thousands of black people to become the captains of their own ship. Furthermore, it has inspired independent thought and entrepreneurship in this capitalistic climate of America. Millions have embraced its sounds and its culture, but to what end? Conversely, we would be derelict in purpose and responsibility not to expose the damage and the devastating results it has brought upon our country. Prior to rap, black college and trade school enrollment rose during the decade of the 1970s, as well as general employment, and a spirit of enlightenment was upon us. Through the victories of the civil rights movement and upward mobility brought about hope. Derogatory language and the denigration of women with the use of bitch, hoe, or trick were deemed unacceptable speech. The N-word was considered an extremely offensive term. It was never to be used to address another black person, not even by black people. Hip-hop culture has diminished personal appearance, grooming, and most certainly dress. Formal education, skill training, common courtesy, and grace have been lost. In addition, a spirit of less than has been formulated, which makes it acceptable not to put forth one's best effort, i.e. educational or professional performance, dating or courting, and parenting responsibilities. The loss of value in a sense of not understanding that people wore their Sunday best to attend church, not to impress others, but rather to show respect for the mission. The look at me world of rap killed the black musical group. The maturation of a musical group is an example of stewardship to art, timelessly developing one's vocals, and mastering of their instrument. The last two major black music groups faded away in the early days of the 21st century. Mint Condition and Tony, Tony, Tony. Another sad reminder is a hip-hop culture movie called Barbershop, where Dr. Martin Luther King Jr. was disrespected and denigrated by being labeled a hoe. I am reminded of the Israeli freedom fighter and later Prime Minister, Menachem Bacon. He is revered as one of the greatest Israeli leaders in modern time. The Jewish people respect his efforts and sacrifice to recreate the state of Israel and bring back their homeland. However, the personal efforts, leadership, and sacrifices which have led the rap and hip-hop communities' ability to excel is not a recipient of homage and or respect. Well, in the final analysis, what profit a man to gain the whole world but lose his soul? Thank you for listening to the Truth Say Report. The day the music died, the birth of rap. I would like to end my podcast with a quote, knowledge is power, so do better.